All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast, coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio. I'm Weston. With me, as always, is your boy, DJ Lou. Little little background to that, for those that don't know, Lou's actually been selecting our music um, leading into the shows, and yet again, Lou, you've been spot on. Um, yes, I also do bar mitzvahs, weddings, and Kinsiatas. <laughs> Uh, obviously, we're we're here to talk some free agency, and it's time for some some players to get the bag. And the more money they make, the more problems they have. So, although Lou, I I gotta be a, a little honest with you this evening. Um, this is gonna be a weird time in a weird market. Um, I don't think, and we're gonna unveil unveil over the next few weeks how not a lot of teams are in a position to overpay the superstars like they have in the past. So. Excited to have this conversation. Obviously, we talked about most of today is going to be focused on, on free agency. Um, we're going to hone in on the NFC and AFC East teams. But before we do, I do think it's equally as important to not overlook the most uh, recent news. So, Lou, when you're saying your lows, I'd love for you to dive in and let's spend a few minutes real quick talking about Wentz to the Colts, and then we can go ahead and tackle free agency. So I'm going to humble myself and also acknowledge that you called it out. So you were right with Wentz going to the Colts. So bravo Told to ya. you. Bravo to you. Bravo to you. He uh, probably went to the best place he could have went, to be honest with you. They reunite with you know Frank Wright, uh, the mastermind of those Eagles offense. is starting to come out more and more so about that. Um, but that, again, I don't know how much really improves the Colts. You know my hatred for Wentz. I do think he's Trubisky light. Um they still can win the South because I feel like the Titans will lose some players in free agency, which we'll talk about you know later on in our series as we co- uncover each team, and they'll regress. Uh, I just think that Wentz, yeah, he'll make those highlight plays that show up on NFL Network, ESPN Network, and what have you, but he's going to bring more negative plays too uh, because his inaccuracies, his decision-making is poor and what have you. So it's going to be a trade-off. He's not going to be as conservative as Rivers and Brissett were. But then again, um, <clears throat> that's going to also have an adverse effect to them too. On the Eagles, Eagles fans, you know, you're going to find out, you know, sh- shortly that uh, this is going to be a mess for you guys. Uh, the fact that you couldn't get a first round draft pick for a quote unquote franchise quarterback, I think that was, you know, quite telling, even, ta- even though you try to drum up that interest. And the thing is that boggles my mind that the Eagles have the fourth highest single player cap charge in the NFL this year at $34 million. It's Carson Wentz, and he's no longer going to be on that team. Yeah, uh, a lot to agree with you you there, um, specifically on the point of me being right. And I won't relish in the, <laughs> into that for, for uh, too long. I mean, reality, like you said, Lou, uh, to me, it just made the most sense where Wentz could be optimized and reuniting him with his former offensive coordinator, who's now the head coach um, of the Colts. I, For me, I think this is a... A strong move for the Colts just for the mere fact that I think he will be able to do more for them and make some of those on-the-fly type plays to counteract some of those on-the-fly type mistakes more so than Phillip Rivers was able to do for them. And they have a really competitive roster. So I don't view this as a drop-off. I don't necessarily view this as an increase in talent, but I I think it's, it's the right move, the good move. I think it was robbery what they gave up for him based on what we were reading what we predicted what it was going to take to to get somebody um like Wentz and you know 
I equally agree that this is a move of desperation for the Eagles. They certainly did not get what they expected. And um, in short order here, we're going to talk about what a mess it is in Philadelphia right now, especially for a first time head coach. Um, not envious of, of his scenario, but let's not spend too much time there. But if we can just reiterate one more time, I was right. So we'll just, <laughs> and you know, I might drop that one or two more times tonight, but let's go ahead. We got a lot to cover. As I mentioned, NFC East, AFC East, eight teams. Let's spend some time here talking about free agency, what it looks like. But I want to set expectations for listeners too. Like Lou, you and I don't live in a fantasy dream world. We're not here to talk about the trades that super fans want and what they imagine in their sleep and what a lot of these writers, you know, those dream scenarios that they think up. Let's we're looking at this like the draft doesn't exist, trades don't exist. What can the team do with cap and free agency? So let's start in the NFC East and let's talk about things like teams, cap room. Um, let's identify some some top needs, um, some top free agents. And my favorite topic uh, to hear about is who are going to be those unfortunate kind of cap casualties to yeah. help teams get into to better positions. And um, you have the honors of leading us off. All right. We're going to start off with them boys, a.k.a. Ameri- boys. Uh, a.k.a. America's team, a.k.a. How about them Cowboys? <laughs> uh, so looking at that team, uh, at first, you would think they're doing pretty well when it comes to estimated salary cap space. They have over $19 million and they're ranked 12th in the league. So you think they're sitting pretty healthy, especially during a time, uh, you know, where the, the salary cap, you know, is lowered. The, uh, looking at the roster, their top to, uh, needs would be in, uh, interior defensive line, the edge position. They're thin at cornerback. And if you really want to get technical and nitty gritty, I would say O-line depth too because they have some uh, free agents off of there. But we're going to start with the impending free agents and the elephant in the room. But before we do so, I got to ask you a question, Weston. Since 2019, which quarterback has led the league in yards per game in passing? Well, since we're on their team, Lou, I can only imagine. It's a layup. It is a layup, and it's Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott leads all passers with 321 yards per game since 2019. So I don't want to hear from cow- the cowboy, you know, haters. You know how Dak, you know, doesn't win games. You gotta stop associating quarterback play with, you know, uh, with wins. So I don't want to hear that at all. He he is a top ten quarterback. He's probably in that range from six to eight. So just you just gotta pay this man his money. Four years, hundred sixty million dollars. Just get it done. I'm not sure why this is really dragging on this much. This is a no brainer. So this elf in the room named Dak, it has to get done, and I really do think it'll get done. Um, Another player looking at their roster that I think they should uh, look at to resign would be Alden Smith. Now you're probably thinking, Alden Smith, this is crazy. Listen, I I thought it was insane when they when they signed him last year, right? But I'm not sure how much you actually saw him last year. But he had a nice comeback. He did a good job with uh, pressuring the quarterback last year. He was always in the backfield. Uh, he did pretty good against the run. Uh, pressuring the quarterback. He had over 50 pressures and five sacks, and it was moved up and down the defensive line. So I thought that was pretty impressive. Uh, he's not going to break the bank either, and it's a position of need for them, so you got to keep him around. And I, I always do this to myself. I always like, um, I always uh, look at players that are hard to pronounce. So another player, because they are thin at cornerback, Chidobe Awuze. Awuze. Awuze, like I said, uh, very hard to pronounce, but uh, they, I think they should look at him, resigning him. He's an average cornerback. He has four career interceptions. He's not going to break the bank either. They need to add to that corner, cornerback uh, room. So I think that's something they should look into, you know, re-signing him. 
some free agents they they need to let go. I'll say Sean Lee. You know, he's long in the tooth. He's 34 years old, declining play, increasing in injuries. Got to get rid of him. He's not. I have these notes too, Lou. He's no longer a priority for this team. Same thing with uh, Jordan Lewis. Uh, I just feel like uh, he started off hot and kind of has really regressed over the last two years uh, of his career. Uh, So now I looked at possible cap casualties. And I'm listen, Cowboy fans are probably going to think I'm crazy, but Tyrone Smith. Now let me tell you why. You're like, he's one of the best left tackles out there. But then you have to throw that caveat when healthy. healthy yeah. This guy, I know he's only 30 years old, but he hasn't played a full season since 2015. And the injuries are not like sprained ankle. He has numerous neck injuries, including cervical neck fracture in 2020 where he had to get surgery. He's had numerous back injuries too. Those are something that you can't, t- you can't take light of. And they've always tried to manage his you know, reps in practice because the batsman's, you know, tightening up and what have you. But listen, uh, his cap number is $14 million. They can save $5 million, incur uh, $8.8 million in dead money. But that's someone I think uh, they should really look at when it comes to getting rid of because I just don't think it's worthy anymore. All right. So before you dive into like targets, yeah, Yeah. targets, right? So I agree. Listen, Dak is priority number one, Mm -hmm. like, and it's not even close. Um, I, I chuckle over Alden Smith because I have him literally as my number three, uh, on here as top free agent priorities for them of their own free agents. I also have a The one that I think I have here that maybe you might be missing is Xavier Woods, their okay. safety, um, young, right? Not super expensive compared to the safety market. Um, and I think he had moments, right? I think it's hard to judge the Cowboys defense as a whole when the offense was not holding up their end of the bargain and they were constantly put into some bad spots. Uh, A really good offense cures a really bad defense and vice versa, right? So based on their cap, I I think he's a no-brainer to bring back versus going to get some of these upper echelon individuals Mm -hmm. that might be out there. So that's the only thing I wanted to chime in. I want to hear more on your commentary on who they should be targeting because I – I definitely have some things that I'll throw in the mix there for yeah. you, too. Yeah, so real quick, uh, some of their targets, uh, they're going to repeat what they did last year, I feel like. They're going to get, try to get those bargain bin and tier defensive linemen, uh, linemen that have been, like, injured that, you know, once were, you know, high on their game, but now because of their injuries over the last couple of years have really, you know, devalued them. I'm talking about people like Sheldon Rankins, I think, that won't break the bank, that can really pretty much um, you know, fortify that middle. And uh, Kwan Short, another player, too, that just got released by the Panthers, both players were well, got injured the last two years, so there is some possibly they might try to rekindle something like that. In addition, you're going to probably think I'm crazy, but how about Tyrod Taylor for Dak insurance? Because, you know, Dak pretty much, you know, it was, a, it was a big injury. I expect him to fully be back, but, you know, those mobile quarterbacks do get, you know, banged up pretty uh, frequently. And last but not least, I'm going to say uh, Kevin King. Uh, they're, going, they're, they're going to a Dan Quinn cover three defense, so you're really in the cover three scheme. You really need to get some of those uh, cornerbacks that you know that will have um, <clears throat> the size and length that Kevin King does. Now I know he's been, you know, criticized what happened against his, you know, the game in uh, Tampa when they played Tampa and what have you. But he still would fit in that cover three scheme, I think, pretty well. Yeah, it won't cost you too much. Yeah. So crazy. Last week we were in total disagreement throughout this, and this week we're starting off in in a lot of agreement. So. I, I think the one area of disagreement for me is from the interior defensive line standpoint is I think with the cap room that they have. So listen, they have 23 pending 
free agents of their own, right? Um, and like you said, 19 million in cap. If I'm looking at interior defensive linemen, I think they have enough wiggle room to go get one of the top guys. Depends if they franchise Dak. It 100%, right? So there's a lot pending here, but I'm going to talk a little bit about a scenario where Dak is actually not a cowboy any longer, but I don't want to give away too much <laughs> later. But I think they are in play for Leonard Williams, Dalvin Tomlinson, one of these guys who is an interior lineman that creates pressure as well to complement some of okay. that outside pass rush. Um, actually, in terms of cornerback, I agree with you as a top need. And I think based on cap, they're going to look for some middle of the road guys. Mm -hmm. I have Kevin King here, literally number one, Bashad Breeland, Nikel Roby Coleman, maybe even a Quentin Dunbar. Some of these guys that are like, I would say like seven to 15 ranked in the, the top available yep. free agents in, in the cornerback. Um, another name that I'll throw out there that I think they'll be interested in because he has a similar um, skill set to like Jalen Smith is Avery Williamson. Don't okay. be surprised if they mix it up in linebacker, just somebody who can get after the ball. But here's where I'm going to throw I'm going to throw a wrench in everything. If Dak is not back, what happens? You have a lot of skill players that are really good that you need to be able to get the ball back. And you mentioned Tyrod Taylor. I'm going to take this to your least favorite quarterback in the NFL, and I'm going to say Mitch Trubisky is a fit <laughs> in this offense based on doing similar things to, I'm to calling, Dak. I'm calling clickbait. <laughs> he No. Like, listen, does he do it as well as Dak? Absolutely not. But it's, it's a similar skill set, a mobile guy that you get out on the edge and you let him throw on the run. And, yes, is he, he's less accurate. He's less whatever. But – in terms of my offensive playing calling, I don't have to change the offense, which is exactly what you're saying with Tyrod Taylor. I'm just calling out a different name uh, around that that skill set. So, Cowboys, see ya. You need to resign Dak. They're, they will. They, they have to. He will be playing with them in 2021. Until you hear my scenario coming up in a short while, but they, okay. where they won't be. All right. So, next team here, staying in the NFC East, I drew the fortunate card of the Philadelphia Eagles. Ugh. Lou, I got to be honest with you. I'm going to go through some of this stuff, but I don't know how else to this say should be this short and sweet. <laughs> other than this is a dumpster fire. Yeah. This is a real, real problem evidenced by carrying $34 million in dead cap for Carson Wentz when you're already $43 million under the cap. Like under the cap. That is a over, lot. Over of, the cap. Yeah. Over the cap. Sorry. That is a lot of money to make up. Um, they're 31st in cap space. They have 18 pending free agents. Top needs. I'm going to say everything, but if I have to shortlist it, I'm going to say linebacker, yep. corner, yep. quarterback, wide receiver. Yep. I know people are going to say, oh, Jalen Hurts. That's why they got rid of Carson Wentz. Well, Stop. is he really the answer? Um, I'm looking at this where the team needs to get better everywhere. The number one question is Jalen Hurts really the actual answer here? So when I'm thinking about ways to make up that cap room, when I look at immediate um, cap casualties, I'm looking at like Zach Ertz. Like, yeah, he carries seven million plus in dead cap, but you recognize almost five millions in savings. Marquise Goodwin has zero cap hit, you know, four and change million in savings. I don't even know what to make of Alshon Jeffrey if they cut him pre June one because they still lose money in the cut, where if they wait post June one, they actually get some savings. So, like, negative three, three and change now. Two million in savings if they wait post June one. So, but I understand why they need to move on because they need to make interesting needs for teams. Um, look what they're doing. I mean, they got rid of Wentz. They're cutting Alshon. They're they're not going to re-sign Deshaun. Like these things are actually happening like right now. So they're going to have to trim a lot of fat 
and they're going to have to get really creative by purging this roster and doing their best to restructure whatever existing contracts they have. I mean, when you want to, there's nobody that's like a glaring savings outside of Burnett, but how do you cut that guy, right? Like, how do you walk away from that right now? He could be your best defensive player, in my opinion. I do think they're going to take a a page out of the playbook of the Dolphins when they trade away all their assets that year, you know. Have to. Uh, I also think that, you know, the Jets, I think this is going to be a complete teardown the next couple of years to rebuild and try to take a, a page out of those uh, franchises book. Yeah. So Eagle fans, like you need to draft well and you need to bring in cheap talent over the next few years. You're going to 2021 is going to be spent playing with a lot of guys that you've never heard their name before. And that could continue into the foreseeable future. I'm sure the cap situation gets better next year when some dead money is alleviated and the cap grows again next year when we can get fans in the stands and things of that nature. So for those identified needs and Lou, this is where I'm going to rely on you to chime in with some names that you got. I've literally in my notes here are young and cheap, young and cheap, young and cheap at every position. That is literally my note. The only thing that I will say when I get strategic and say, okay, they have to sign somebody, yeah, right? Like I mean, they they're have going to bring to... people in, people that I think fit. Rashard Higgins as wide receiver out of okay, out of Cleveland. Yeah. I'm looking at maybe Corey Davis. I'm thinking on the defensive side of the ball, safeties like potentially Malik Hooker, potentially Marcus May, um, and the one to me that stands out, linebacker, the most glaring need, maybe like a Matt Milano. Like these are household names. That, you know, Malik Hooker's been injury prone, right? Marcus May hasn't lived up to his reputation for the Jets, even though I think he's a solid player. Therefore, they're not going to command the same dollar amount that some of these other players are going to claim. So I'm sure you have more insight to this from a pure player standpoint. So I want to let you chime in and, and interject. So listen, they, you know, they cut Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Jackson. Yep. Right. So why not fill that speedster with another speedster that'll be really cheap? Kenny Stills. Yeah, that's another player that you that uh, could really you know fill in the shoes of uh, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, another player you went Matt Milano. I think it'll be a little more expensive for them. How about Denzel Perryman, uh, thumper right in the middle, yep. linebacker uh, that I think could really provide some you know solid against the run. But listen, there wasn't too many players. Maybe maybe uh, a quarterback like a like a more veteran quarterback you know to push uh, Jalen Hurts. But uh, other than that, I really can't see them doing too much this year. This year, I, I, gen- I genuinely think it's a throwaway year. Yeah, I, I, And it's hard for us to speculate on anything beyond that at this point leading into free agency because we literally have not been able to witness how they're going to rectify the cap situation. When we yeah. get more clarity on that, you know, maybe they – Wake up tomorrow morning. They cut thirty-five players from their roster. Restructured deals like with Fletcher Cox and what? They're going to have to. But like, I'm a player in the NFL. I know the cap's gone down. Like, I have to be willing to restructure as well, right? Like, there's guaranteeing portions of my contract. So they're going to have to go to the people that they have built clout with over the last few years to find that money. So let's get out of this dumpster fire because I don't want to be in it anymore. I want to get to teams that have some things a little bit more exciting to talk about. So, Lou, that'll put you, again, staying in the East. That puts you up next. Uh, I'm talking about the Washington football team. Uh, they surprised a lot, a lot of uh, fans and a lot, of, a lot of people last year, how they performed. Uh, estimated cap, uh, salary cap space, they have about $38 million, which ranks them in the top five. Uh, some of their top needs, are, I would say, wide receiver, quarterback. I'm going to get into that in further detail. Left tackle in uh, the middle of the, the, the linebacking field. Uh, pending free agents, it all starts with Brandon Scherf. Uh, this guy is versatile, no elite right tackle. He can play in the zone schemes. He can play in power gap schemes. 
Uh, you can't let him walk away. I know he's 29 years old, so he's still in the prime of his career. You're going to throw some injury concerns in there. I get it. He missed a couple of games with nothing serious. Uh, last year, he only had two penalties, allowed three sacks, ranked him like 19th overall amongst guards. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Uh, you probably can get something done for four years, 15 million average, I would say. Uh, another player they should look to lock up that's a free agent, and you're going you're gonna to think I'm crazy here, but Ruben Foster. This is strictly high risk, high reward. Yeah, I know he's a head case. He has injury history, the shoulder injury, the ACL tear. Uh, but the reward is he's cheap. He's only 26 years old. He's in a position of need. Why not take that flyer? You know, that's why I think uh, will be a it'll be a cheap signing. Listen, if anybody can get him right, it's Ron Rivera. Love Ron Rivera. Yeah. So, uh, last but not least, Ronald Darby. You know, he's had an up and down career. He's good. At, he's good in man coverage because of his speed. Not a ball hawk. Doesn't have a tremendous amount of inter- interceptions. Uh, I just think you got to keep that pass defense together because they were so productive last year getting to the quarterback and the back end held its own as well some players i think well, one player that comes to mind that i think they'll let go would be ryan kerrigan he's 33 years old when the season starts they are crowded up and down that defensive line so ron rivera has a bunch of toys he can utilize and kerrigan's kind of gonna be the odd man out because of his age he doesn't want to settle for a complimentary role uh, he wants to start he's only averaged five sacks over the last two years listen i love ryan kerrigan but it's just you got to you can't resign a player like that. Arguably the best defensive line in football. There's always an odd man out. Yeah. Yeah. So possible cap casualties. Uh, congrats, Alex Smith, on the comeback player of the year. You're gone. Or at least restructured, I think. Listen, he is their highest cap number at $23 million, right? They can save $14.7 million against the cap, which I think is a tremendous savings. I know he had a 5-1 and one record last year, but his, look at his numbers. Very game manager-esque. Oh, yeah. So he's had 66% uh, completion, six touchdowns, eight interceptions, and he averaged 198 yards a game. That You really don't need to pay someone $23 million for those numbers. You can get it from the guy, Heineke, that they just resigned for a dirt cheap. But you identified quarterback as a need. Yeah, well, can there's other ways. Into, can you roll into the season with Taylor Heineke as your starting quarterback in 2021? No, there's other there's – other, there's other, uh, listen, uh, you're probably going to hear me say Fitz, uh, Magic's name frequently. This would be a great opportunity for, for Fitzmagic or maybe Ron Rivera somehow. He rolls the dice and try to rekindle some of that Cam Newton ma- uh, magic. But their main priority, I do think, will have to be getting a uh, wide receiver. Listen, there's a, plenty of big-name wide receivers out there, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, uh, Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster. But I think the guy that would be fit perfect for them, Corey Davis. Uh, he's a perfect number two receiver. you know. Uh, and I really do think McLaurin uh, is a number one. He's a certified – he's a stud. He's a great player. Yeah, he's a so, very good player. And that's why you have to get a quarterback, by the way, to really uh, optimize McLaurin's specialties there. So, uh, listen – Corey Davis would per- fit perfectly there last year. He had 984 yards receiving and five touchdowns. And that's when he was the number two in the offense in a run-heavy offense. So that's pretty impressive. I just think his size and reliable hands will, be- will make him a great complement to Terry McLaurin. And he-, he will be expensive, but not terribly expensive, probably about $12 million a year. And last but not least, you mentioned Matt Milano before for the Eagles. I think it will be a little more expensive for that, but I think I can picture them going out to uh, – Washington. Okay. So nice. Now we're going to disagree and I love it. So I actually believe that the the Washington football team and understanding Ron Rivera and what he's looking for, I think they're comfortable with Smith and Heineke as their because of 
Rivera's a record guy. He's not a statistic guy, right? Like Riverboat Ron. He just wants to win the football game. I am not comfortable with that coming in. So I do think they need to, hey, does Ron go get his buddy Cam and try to get him to come in on, on the cheap and lighten that cap number? Or do you just bring in another veteran? Like I have people like AJ McCarron or Mike Glennon or Andy e- Dalton. Yeah. Or even CJ Bethard, somebody who is just going to up the competition a little bit. I'm not saying these guys are on your field. If you're keeping Alex, like he's going to be on your field, but like up the, up the ante a little bit, up the competition. I too have wide receiver number one glaring need right now. Hey, they're fifth in cap room, right? And there's not many teams that are in that threshold that they have. So I think they are in prime position to go get one of these top guys. You can never have too many good wide receivers. Yes, I agree. McLaurin is a one as is Allen Robinson. I think Chris Godwin is a one, you know what I mean? Like, so what? Add them to your roster. To me, the guy that fits is going to be dependent upon who the quarterback is. And if I'm making the assumption that Alex Smith is going to be the quarterback for the Washington football team in 2021, I think Juju's the guy you got to go get. Why? Because Alex Smith doesn't push the ball down the field. That's not his strength. Right. If you watch Juju tape in Pittsburgh, he plays really close to the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. right? Like he can he can line up anywhere on the field you put him, but where he's had the most success is dragging across. Drag routes, yeah. slants. Five, seven, eight yards down. You know, boot Alex out, get him on the run. You drop it right into Juju. Another person that would be super sexy to me based on their skill set because they're similar is a Curtis Samuel, right? He's really special with the ball in his hands, right? So if you're dinking and dunking with this individual, yak, 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 yak. That's all I'm thinking about. Um I also had tackle as, as a big need here, especially mm-hmm. if like Scherf's gone and based on like last year's play. And again, I'm just emphasizing how much cap room they have in comparison to other teams. Like, can they go get Villanueva, you know, off a of yeah. free agency? You know, can Ron some way somehow repair a fractured relationship and convince Trent Williams to come back to Washington? I'm, no I'm being way. fictitious here. <laughs> yeah. I understand the damage has been done, but maybe a Russell Okun. Like, perfect. There that would are, be a good. That would be a good fit. There are people there that they can go look at. The only outside name that I have, because I agree linebacker is a need for them, because I actually have them cutting uh, John Bostic as a, a cap casualty here mm-hmm. to save a couple million dollars, K.J. Wright out of Seattle. I okay. think he wants out. I think a lot of players want out of there right now. We'll talk about that when we get to the West. But uh, I think he's still got some some good years of football left in him, and I think he'd be a tremendous upgrade in oh. there. So, all right, all right, all right. So let's go ahead. Let's jump into the last team oh. uh, yeah. on the NFC East. Uh, the New York football Giants. So now we're here in our, our home state here, Phil. So hopefully a, a lot of fans are, are going to tune in and listen to this component of it to it. I, f- I actually think the Giants, while on paper, don't look like they're in a great spot. I think they have the potential to get themselves into a very good spot from a cap perspective. And I'm going to explain that. So just under a million. They got 900,000 in cap room right now, like 3.1 in dead cap. They're 19th in cap space. They have 20 free agents, which is pretty much like the league average if you really average it out. Biggest needs, wide receiver, edge rusher, interior defensive line, and a number two corner to go offset James Bradbury, who, by the way, I think is a stud. No (laughs) O-line? Every team needs improvement on the O-line. It's just not my top priority for them right now. I do sprinkle some of that in here, but that's my. those are my priorities, right? And – that's coming from me and Lou. We live in the, we live in this backyard, and that's that's coming from me surveying giant super fans as well, right? Like what they're thinking. Like I want to get an idea of what they're looking at as well. Top free agents. I only have three: Leonard Williams, 
Dalvin Tomlinson, they play they literally are compliments one of one those another. are going to go one of them's going to go 100% and Wayne Gallman yes and yes. i have Wayne Gallman because can you trust Saquon back from this injury and to me Wayne Gallman Wayne Gallman was beyond serviceable filling in for Saquon while he was out i well, thought he had a tremendous year given the circumstances i think Barkley would be a great change of uh, pace back for Wayne Gallman hot take right there hot <laughs> take get out <laughs> Get out, right? Giant fans, don't listen to this, man. He's just clickbait, clickbait. Um, so before I get into what they should do, I want to talk about some cap casualties, right? Because I think there's some things here that you can look at. Um, I'll work backwards. People like Levine Toilololo and David Mayo are potential cap casualties. Well, they got casualties. a bunch of guys like that. 100%. I think they get rid of Zeitler. You, you mentioned yep. offensive line as a need, but I see 10 plus million in savings. Like, sorry, dude, you got to go. Um, yeah, Golden li- Tate. Yeah, he hasn't lived up to his yeah. uh, contract. Golden Tate. I mean, that's eight million plus post June. Two million if you cut post June one. Two million if you cut him right now. Here are the ones that I think people are gonna be up in arms about. Jabril Prepper. Jabril Peppers is almost seven million in cap savings. I understand he was part of what you received in your trade for OBJ, but has he really been what you need to be? And, oh, by the way, you just drafted Xavier McKinney and you extended Logan Ryan. These are guys that play that position, right? So, again, is Jabril the guy? Giants fans are going to say, I don't want to give up Jabril Peppers. But the math says I might have to. The other, and I think it's going to be a 50-50 split, Evan Ingram. He is a $6 cap savings. He is... Arguably, at times, their best offensive weapon, but arguably... That's not saying much, though. Yeah, arguably, at their times, he's the he's biggest so, liability he's so on the offensive side of the hands. ball, too. Yeah. So these are things that I can consider, because if you add all that up, I just went from 900000 in cap room to almost $30 million in cap room. Can I add uh, five yeah. more million dollars? Please. Or actually, six more million dollars? Nate Soldier. They they drafted uh, Thomas yep. out of Georgia. Yep. Why do they need Nate Soldier? I think they're hoping he retires. Right. <laughs> I think that's what that. <laughs> they're gonna like trying to like send yeah. like ARP like, brochures and like you know this is dude. Fun. Will Bobby Bonilla you send you a million <laughs> a year for twenty years? Just go away. Um, listen, they they the East is a very winnable division and they have a lot of needs and I think they're close. I think they're really close. Um, why I say wide receivers because I think Slayton and Shepard are good players. Complimentary. Yeah, but they need one more. And if I'm thinking about if I can get this cap room, that one more is going to be probably more in the likes of like Kenny Galladay or Corey Davis, not in um, Allen Robinson or, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster or Chris Godwin. I think that's a little bit more realistic. Um, um, when I think of so they're in a three, four now. Right. So when I think I'm thinking edge, right. So guys who can stand up, um, the sexy name on the list is going to be Shaq Barrett. He's, he's a pipe dream. I'm thinking they're more in line for people like Carl Lawson, Leonard Floyd, Hassan Reddick, Marcus Golden. These are guys that are, that can fill that void and help them get after. But I tie this back to the defense, the, the true defensive front. Williams or Tomlinson has to be back. They have to retain one of those. And if they lose one of them, a great fit for them, if you ask me, based on his skill set, DJ Jones, the former San Francisco 49er, he can play either technique in the nose, you know, in that 3-4, and he gets pressure up the middle. And I personally watch this man eat double teams up all day long. So I'm not worried about what that nose tackle is asked to take on in a 3-4 front. So 
that's my take on the Giants situation. I think it could be really favorable favorable for them, but they're going to have to make some moves that fans aren't going to agree with. Yeah. So my take is, I, you know, I know they have Tomlinson and Leonard Williams, both free agents. I actually think they should do the opposite with the Niners did. Uh, they have to re- they have to put the money towards the better player. Niners let Buckner go away, so and they signed Armstead because it was cheaper. I get it, cap reasons. Don't think that was the right move. So I think they have to tie up Leonard Williams. Listen, this guy was a beast last year. They trade for him. Uh, <clears throat> this is the third and the fifth to the Jets. I think they're kind of pot committed, and he actually showed last year that he played pretty damn well. He had 11 and a half sacks last year. He finished third amongst interior def- defensive linemen with 62 pressures. Listen, I. I'm starting to get to the uh, the point where if you're interior, the interior defensive lineman is starting to come a little more important than the edge people because you can scheme for edge rushers. It's harder to scheme against interior defensive linemen that provide that pressure. So they have to sign him. It's going to be costly, probably be like 16 to 18 million a year. But in my opinion, you let you sign him and you replace Dalvin uh, Tomlinson, who's your classic, you know, really good run stuffing nose tackle in the three four alignment. But you know, you just get a couple fat boys in there to try to pretty much by committee. Know, yeah, exactly. So some free agent targets, some players. I agree with you. They're going to go edge uh, on, on the free agent targets. So depending on what they do with their salary cap and like who they get rid of, look for like a Melvin Ingram or a Bud Dupree, both who are productive edge guys coming are coming off of injury riddled seasons. So they might try to do that one year prove it type deals. Another, uh, this is a name I want you to you know write down. Trey Hendrickson. He had a coming out party last year in 2020. He had 13 and a half sacks. I think that's a foreshadow of what's going what's going to come. I think that's a possible target. And on you're right, they're probably going to look to replace, you know, Gold, uh, Golden Tate. So look for Curtis Samuel. There's some connection there. Gettleman drafting Samuel at, out in Carolina. He seems to be liking those shifty receivers. So I can picture a Curtis Samuel. They probably won't like this, but. Also, Nelson Aguilar, too. He had a good year last year, too. And once again, he's one of those burners, shifty receivers that fits that Gettleman mode. Yeah. So the only position I left off that I said was a need, and it's because I wasn't paying drastic attention to my notes here, is that that number two cornerback position, because I think that's important to their defense. Um, I said before, I think James Bradbury is a monster. I think he's a terrific player. But I also think they could be in the market for, like, not a top flight like tier two, like you're not going to match that skill set, but like maybe like an aging, an aging Patrick Peterson, um, Jason Verrett. That's something they would do. Yeah, yeah. But and somebody that I love that I think people are sleeping on is AJ Bouye. Like this guy can still play football like and he still wants to man up and he's aggressive. And I, I just think that that's an opportunity, right? If you're bolstering the pass rush, get me some guys that are going to be able that are going to be aggressive, get up in some people's faces especially with a 3-4 alignment, dude, that means you're sending pressure. That is literally what it's designed to do. Your goal is to get after the quarterback. So get me corners, high risk, high reward, right? That's what I'm looking for. So, all right, awesome. That wraps up the the NFC East. Um, I love it. Obviously, let's see how much of that actually plays out. But looking at the clock, Lou, it's now time for us to jump into the AFC East at this point. So, Tell me who's leading off for the AFC East. Uh, we're talking Miami Dolphins. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting offseason for numerous reasons. We've kind of covered it probably last podcast, but uh, we won't get into that right now. Uh, so taking a look, they're actually in the top 10 in salary cap. They have $25 million, and 
Impending free agents, there's nothing really – I have notes here, nothing to see here. There's no big-name free agents where you really have to resign. Like, you don't, you're not pounding the table like, we need to resign this guy. I have two. Oh, well, okay. I mean, some of the free agents they have is Ted, uh, Ted Karras, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Matt Breida, uh, uh, Eldon Roberts. These are not guys I really think you need to resign. So I don't think it's a big uh, – a, their salary cap they can put to other use. Top needs, interior offensive lineman, wide receiver, uh, and running back because uh, they will probably lose Breida. I put quarterback. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> So can I add one to the, the top free agents that go I'm ahead. thinking of Isaiah Ford. Um, we talked about this when we were talking about the quarterbacks last week that like some of these not household names are like are have the potential to be playmakers. I just happen to think he he has a, a unique skill set. Right. Like I, th- I just think he's like a gadget player for them. And I think if you're going to stay with the quarterback, you got to get crafty on who you're getting the ball, how you're getting them the ball. And I, I just think he has, and I mean, listen, he's 25. You'll bring them back super cheap. They have cap, like nothing to worry about. Um, but I did have Ted Karras as well, because I do think interior offensive line is a need and he's a 15 game starter for them at center. Con- con- continuity is what I'm looking for there. So doesn't mean he's good though. <laughs> doesn't, no, doesn't, but you know, continuity. Some, I said, I'm going to repeat myself. The devil, you know, sometimes is better than the devil. You don't. Yep. Um, all right. Cap casualties. Listen, I think they're in a good place. They really don't need to make any cuts. But if I was really nitpicking here, it starts with Albert Wilson. He'll save him $2.8 million. And he's clearly not the answer at the wide at the wide receiver position. Um, you could look at Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain, both starting safeties. But they're still young and in their prime. They're pretty productive. So I really wouldn't really look too much into getting rid of them. And you want to keep that defense as much as possible the way it is. So the only person I really have for a potential cap casualty that I think would make sense is Albert Wilson. Yeah, so um, just to, to add some flavor there, I, I have in my notes right here, don't tinker with this defense. Yep. You know, I, I A lot of teams do that. They try to they, they get, get rid cute. of the def- people on the defense to supplement the offense because you can't pay both. Don't get cute. Like, I even have Roe as somebody because I was nitpicking as well, but, like, a young, good player that starts for you. Like, why are you getting rid of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I agree, but tell me what they're doing. Okay, so uh, what's the one thing you don't do in free agency? You p- you don't pay big money to free agent running backs. I really do think they look at Aaron Jones as a way to help Tua uh, to you know the stop you know the stop that dominant game running game. Here's the thing: Aaron Jones is a complete back. Yes, the last two years he's averaged 1,100 rushing yards. He's had 48 receptions on average, and uh, he's has also had uh, 30 touchdowns. So. He can help you in the passing game. He can help you in the running game. Take that pressure off of Tua. Uh, his deal, you, got, you have to look at Mixon and what Dalvin Cook got. They got roughly around $12 million. He probably was looking something like that because of, of the down year. So I picture them going after Aaron Jones. Also, listen, it's it's no secret they need help uh, You know, at the wide receiver, the wideout position. You're looking at Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay. I'm not looking at them because I've I, – I really think Kenny Galladay would probably get tagged, if you want my honest opinion. Allen Robinson, quarantine doesn't want to play with the, you know, you know, a bad quarterback. Yeah. And that's your opinion. He might have some apprehension playing there. Listen, teams always do this. They like to overcompensate for their shortcomings. So listen, what's the one knock on the Dolphins? They can't stretch the field. How do you rectify the issue? You get a person that stretched the field. Guess who that player is? Will Fuller. Fuller. Will Fuller. So I picture them making a big play at Will Fuller. 
And you were saying Ted Karras, you got to bring him back. No, you don't, because there's a better center out there in the free agency, Corey Lindsley. He's a gr- he's a really good center who's equally good in both pass protection and run blocking. He's only allowed four pressures last year again uh, with Green Bay. And I think it's a really attractive option for them to look at. And you have to understand, Aaron Rodgers holds the ball free, you know, for a long time at for a long time. So for him to only allow four pressures up that middle, I think it's uh, pretty impressive. So that, those are some moves I think they can look at. Yeah. So um, I, I agree that while I think you bring Karras back on the cheap, if you're going to be aggressive on the interior offensive line, I have Lindsley, Lindsley or Alex Mack, you go get. These are proven performers at the center position from a guard perspective. Why not take this opportunity to target Brandon Scherf or even John Feliciano from Buffalo? Um, he's a name that I, I really like, and I'll talk more about him in a minute. I agree running back and wide receiver to me are like top needs, right? So running back, I actually love their stable. They're young. Um, I, I think they have – I believe that running backs are a dime a dozen. They are built on systems, whatnot, and you can win with running backs by community. I agree you do not go out of your way to overpay. It is – Literally, history will repeat itself, and it's not going to turn out well for you. It never does. Seldom does it ever yep. work. So, but I also have. They're probably going <laughs> to kick the tires on Aaron Jones because how do you not? Right? I it mean, actually like, just came out today. I think that that they're interested in each yeah, other. I mean, there's he's super productive. Um, he gets lost in the Aaron Rodgers world. Like I think you. But what I like about him a lot is that he's good out of the backfield catching the football. Right? And he also doesn't have too much tread on no. him either. And that provides you longevity. Yeah, he was a running back committee with Jamal Williams, right? So he's not Todd Gurley, who was getting 300-plus touches a year, or Le'Veon Bell getting 400 touches a season. Exactly. He's got, he's got, some, he's got some game left in him. He's got some years left agree. in him. I agree. I totally agree they need to go all out for wide receiver. Um, I have here Will Fuller, but can Tua get him the rock? Because that's my skepticism in the first place. So I'm looking at, again – Curtis Samuel, somebody who can play a little closer to the line of, scrim- line of scrimmage and be really creative with when the ball's in his hand on bubble screens and slants and things of that nature. But they need to be all in. They need to go get a Godwin, an Allen Robinson type player. If you're going to stick with Tua, you have to give him weapons. Yep. You have to give him weapons. So I, I think we're we're in lockstep there. Um, Next up. Uh, the New England Patriots, the Tom Brady-less New England Patriots. So I think it's really important, Lou, to address right out of the gate that the Patriots are going to get a lot of players back from COVID holdout last year. So the defense is instantly going to be improved. Bill Belichick is probably more motivated than he's ever been after watching his ex-quarterback win the Super Bowl and them not even make the playoffs. And having that guy motivated means they're going to do some things. On top of the fact, they're third in cap space in the NFL. They have wow, over Bill, $62 million in cap room. Bill Belichick with money, that's scary. Right? They have 26 free agents, all of which I don't really think they care about, and I'll talk about <laughs> it in a mm-hmm. second. Um, for me, top needs, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. They need to get better on offense. A lot of the, their player holdouts um, from last year are defensive players that are coming back, and they had a year off. You know, like they don't have that extra tread, that – that craziness traveling this year through COVID, right? Like mentally, I think they're going to be in a good spot and physically they'll be in a good spot on the defensive side of the ball. Top free agents, um, Joe Thune, I hope I'm saying that right. Yep, Joe. Their guard. James White is a the running back. Like to me, he's just a staple of what the Patriots want to do. Like yes. I think you have to find a way to bring that kind of player back for you. Mm-hmm. 
And then I do have one defensive player, J.C. Jackson, um, their their cornerback. I just think he's a low money individual that has shown moments of a, a, a high level skill set that I want on my defense. That's my opinion. Yep, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, so let's cap casualties. I literally have here, Lou. Nobody obvious. They really? have plenty of cap. I mean, I'm sure we can nitpick and go through. And I think a few teams, the teams that have cap, like they're not necessarily looking for cap casualties, right? They'll get creative and find ways and to create room on their roster. But there was nobody that jumped out to me that said, here's $10 million in recognizable savings. And if it was, maybe I'm not willing to part with that individual yet. Do you have somebody that you would throw in there? I do. Two players, uh, actually. Julian Edelman, the guy's 35 years old. Uh, I just feel like it's his time to move on, to be honest with you. Also, Dante Hightower. Listen, he's 30 years old. I know he opted out last year, but you can save $9.9 million with him this year. Uh, I think that's something you have to look at. It's a middle linebacker making 9.9. Yeah, but I think you look at some like what C.J. Mosley is making and some of these other middle linebackers are making. Like, is that is 9.9 really that expensive? Like, look what Fred Warner is going to go get paid right now. You know what I mean? And I do think he's the heart and soul of that defense, and I think he's a Belichick kind of guy. Okay. Um, I just can't foresee them moving on. So now I want to get into the, the sexy, sexy talk about the New England Patriots. Quarterback. Never, never thought I'd heard that before. Quarterback. Cam is gone. Jared Stidham is not your starting quarterback. Can we agree on that? Can, can you please just nod your head yes, yes and tell me we, that you agree with we that? We can agree. Okay. Have the Patriots in the past proven that they don't value their first-round draft picks? Yeah. Right? Usually trade out, yeah. And we just agree they have a lot of cap room. Mm-hmm. Go get Dak Prescott. <laughs> Why not? He's, yeah. he's going to be cheaper than Deshaun Watson's going to be. And obviously Deshaun Watson's a better quarterback. Nobody's having this argument right now. But, Lou, here are the facts. If Deshaun Watson costs you three first-round picks and players, right, and good players, based on Dak Prescott being a – if he is franchise tagged, that is two first round draft picks you have to give up for him. And then you have to outbid the highest bidder, right? They are in clear position to outbid. Tell, I literally have written down in my notes. I will put this on the computer screen if you want to see this. Dak Prescott is Josh McDaniel's wet dream. Mm-hmm. He would love to have a quarterback of, of his talent. And I just think with this money, with this flexibility, with that bitter taste in Bill Belichick's mouth, why would you not at least kick the tires on trying to make a move like this? Yeah, I just don't think it happens, unfortunately. Uh, Instead, you probably see the red rifle in New England. So so I <laughs> have Dalton. so I totally have Andy Dalton here. He fits them right perfectly. But does he? Because they could have kicked those tires last year when they knew they were lo- losing Tom Brady, right? I mean, I agree with you, right? Like Andy Dalton's the logical fix here. I'm just I'm just trying to think sexy amongst the free agent market and something that is feasible. Like it's not like I'm not sitting up here saying that some team that doesn't have the collateral to trade for Deshaun Watson is going to trade for Deshaun Watson. I'm sitting here telling you that they could literally make this happen. Are they willing to make it yeah. happen? And I think they should be willing to make that happen. Um, so now back to reality. I have I have Andy Dalton yeah. as, as the reality. I do. I honestly do. Yep. Um, he's a veteran leader. He can keep him in the games. Efficient. Yeah, you know he's Doesn't turn the ball over. He's a he's a game manager, yeah. right? And he's the same conversation we're having about Alex Smith, except he can get the ball downfield a little bit better. Exactly. Um, 
Wide receiver is a huge need for these for this team. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Edelman, 35. What's he got left in the tank? I am literally the opposite of a believer um, in Nikhil Harry. I am actually higher on Jacoby Myers way more than I am Harry, just from a pure consistency, consistency standpoint. And I absolutely think with the cap room that the Patriots have, they're in the market for every top flight wide receiver that's on this free agent list. Mm-hmm. I'll rattle them off again. Allen Robertson, Chris Godwin, Juju Smith-Schuster, Kenny Galladay, you know, um, Curtis Samuel. The, the outlier that I have here is dependent upon quarterback. But when we talk about stretching the field, you mentioned Nelson Aguilar before. I, I see him as a potential cheaper option to bring in. Even taking a flyer on somebody like John Ross as a right, just somebody who can stretch the field and says, "I can get over top of you, and you have to at least account for me." Right? Yeah, I I personally think they need to get either Kenny Galladay or they need to get Allen Robinson. They need a big play, big type playmaker receiver that's a red zone threat that can really put the, you know strike fear in the in opposing defenses. They need to get one of those. If one of those hit the free agency market, they have to go all in uh, for one of those. Those are the that's what they need. 100%. But I think all this is dependent upon the quarterback. So I'm still putting quarterback number one for them. The other, again, I said this was going to be all focused on offense, offense is tight end. There's two. Yeah. Hunter Henry and John o. Smith. Like yeah, that, That's exactly what I have. I, it's it's a no-brainer for me, right? They need a tight end that is not just a run-blocking tight end. They mm-hmm. need somebody who can catch the, uh, catch the ball, is good in space, is creative, um, and that takes the pressure off your wide receiver core. So if you don't get the top flight receiver that you're in line for, one of these receivers helps. We talked about it last week, how the tight, tight end or two weeks ago that the tight ends are are the third down target right now. The slot receiver, the tight end, like these pass catching individuals, not your normal possession type wide receiver. So I have literally those names bolded, underlined and italicized in my notes that they need to be in the market on them. And the last thing I'll throw in here, and this is completely out of left field, don't be surprised if they're kicking tires on somebody like J.J. Watt to add to their defense. Okay, so I had I don't have J.J. Watt per se, but because, listen, Belichick loves those versatile defensive chess pieces. Leonard Floyd, they yeah. moved him around out in, uh, out in L.A., new, numerous places. He was he had a career-high in pressures last year, Good uh, a career-high in pressures, not only in pressures, but also sacks. He was good against the run, solid in coverage. That's something I could picture them bringing him in. Yeah, I, I'm not even disagreeing. I just think there's going to be an outlier on defense that they will bring in. And, mm-hmm. and Lou, we got two teams left here. Yep. Um, I always want to be cognizant of time yep. for, for our listeners and so our friends here in the studio as well who don't want to put up with us in the, in the late hours of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, who we got? J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. They have an estimated cap, uh, cap space of $67 million, which ranks them second. So top needs, we have wide receiver, tight end, O-line, running back, linebacker, cornerback, physical trainer, water boy, basically everything. 22 positions. Yeah, basically yep. everything. They need everything. They're pending free agents. The only one that's really stuck out stuck out to me was Marcus May. Now, you didn't sound too high on him, but I actually think he's a versatile safety that can play both uh, both safety spots and also some nickel cornerback. Last year, he was PFF, ranked him as the fourth best safety as with an 82.8 grade uh and also, he had production, too. He had six total interceptions, two and a half sacks in his four-year career with the Jets. So I think he's going to command a, a big payday, especially they lost Jamal uh, Adams as well, probably that $12 to $14 million. Some complimentary players, uh, Neville Hewitt and also Jordan Jenkins. They're nice role players, solid spot starters for injuries, great for depth. But listen, if they walk away, it's not going to kill them. Um, <clears throat> some uh, cap casualties. 
Do you know who the Jets' highest cap number is with with player? Jamison Crowder. Yeah, eleven point three million dollars. I know he's only twenty seven years old, but that guy cannot be your no. highest cap hit, uh, number. You have to get rid of him. Uh, he's productive when healthy. I hate that saying, which because it's never it never happens. Also, goodbye Henry Anderson. He's gone too. He has a nine point five million dollar cap number. They can save eight point two million dollars by letting him go. Listen, the production just doesn't match the play. He cashed in that one year with the Jets when he had seven sacks for them. Uh, now it's time to get rid of him as well. Lou, can I add? So with the top free agents, I, I have Marcus May. I have. I also have Jordan Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Two other sleepers. I think Bradley McDougal because you got him part of the Adams trade mm-hmm. and, and and was a starter for you, right? And Brian Poole, their corner, yeah. because that's an area of need for me. Um, but so I've identified them as top free agents. I have the exact same cap casualties that you do. Um, so tell me a little bit more about where they're going at these positions. Listen, they got they have to revamp both sides of the ball. Uh, obviously, some players I think they'll really take a look at. Juju Smith-Schuster, it's been rumored that we, they're looking at him. Uh, Joe Thune to protect Deshaun Watson probably. Uh, yeah, that wasn't a slip of tongue, by the way. <laughs> uh, Jonah Smith. I think that they have to add a tight end. They've never Didn't had I say that last two weeks ago. Go get Deshaun. <laughs> I said it did. Uh, Jonah Smith. Uh, they need it. They haven't had a tight end since I can't even remember. To be honest with you, Brady yep. Kyle Brady. I think his name was James Conner. Would they pay throw money at a, again at a free agent running back? I don't know, but they literally have no one back there on the defensive side of the ball. Look for them to make plays for Carl Lawson or Yannick Agakwe or Trey Hendrickson, like I said before, because they need to generate pressure with their front four because they're playing a new cover three scheme. So for that to really uh, be successful, they need to generate the pressure with that. But also they're going to need to take a look at our cornerbacks too because the the cornerbacks have to hold up if the pressure doesn't get there. So look for Xavier Rhodes, Jason Verrett could follow Sal there as well. Uh, and also John Johnson, who did a fantastic job last year of playing that single high safety and can let May roam around. Yeah. So I agree with you on the cornerback position. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of Robert Sala plucking from his past. Yep. I.e. don't be surprised if you see Richard Sherman in New York, right? Jason Verrett, Kwan Williams. Like these are all people that he's comfortable with, has won with, has production with, and will bring them to that defense. I have in my notes here, Lou – Jet fans, this is going to be a really fun offseason for you. Yeah. You're second in cap. You're at almost $70 million in cap. You're going to have some of those cap casualties. You're going to be $75 million plus in cap room, which gives you a lot of opportunity with a head coach that's going to be aggressive out of the gate and a lot of draft assets to go with this. So like, enjoy this time. Hope this all comes to fruition and these folks make the right move. Mm-hmm. I agree also with Edge. I think when it comes to Edge, they – Lou, they can look at everybody because of their cap room, right? Like they can literally look at the top names. They can bring in multiple of those individuals. It's a good year if you need an edge rusher for free agency. It's uh, there's a lot of attractive names at the top of the list, and guess what? They have the the second most amount of money to go make that happen. Mm -hmm. And the difference here is, is there is such a gap between some of these teams and what they're able to spend that you're not going to have the same competition you would have in normal years Mm -hmm. in like a bidding war, like. Some teams are going to be able to go out and name their price and be like, sorry, Mr. or Mrs. Free Agent, this is what you get. Take it or leave it. Like nobody else is going to be able to offer this to you because they don't have that flexibility. So Jet fans, um, have some fun from now till August because then we'll see what happens. (laughs) All right. So let's wrap this up. Last but not certainly least. Certainly not least. Um, And I'm going to start with some commentary before I get into the, the financials here. And my commentary is like, 
we need to keep expectations in line here, right? And what I mean by that is the Buffalo Bills are coming off an AFC championship appearance. Every team, when you get to that level, you're going to have attrition. You've had players that play well. They're going to want to, if they are a free agent, free agent they're going to want to test what their value is. So expect to lose some people here. They're negative a million in cap space, two million in dead cap. They got 20 free agents. To me, their top needs, right tackle, corner, interior defensive line, edge D end. Mm-hmm. I have everything. Okay. Also have running back. I don't. I like their running backs. I think they're a pass happy team anyway. When okay. you have Josh Allen, they're gonna throw they're gonna next year they're gonna be throwing the ball. I, you have to run in the NFL, but they're gonna get creative and finding ways to throw the ball 40 times a game. I'll wait. Yeah, I'll wait and uh, okay. tell you what I think. So top free agents, Darrell Williams at right tackle, yep. John Feliciano at guard. Mm-hmm. You'll laugh at these two, Andre Roberts and Isaiah McKenzie. Andre Roberts is 35 years old. That's a dinosaur for a wide receiver, but he is such a solid special teams performer for them that if you can bring him back cheap, like, hey, you got to play all three all three phases of the game, right? Isaiah McKenzie, he's one of those, just those, like I was talking about Isaiah Ford before, just one of those gadget players. You can get creative with him. You run your jet sweeps. You do those things. Not going to cost you a lot of money. And Matt Milano, just yeah. a young, good linebacker. He, he's really good as a weak side linebacker. He was br- really good in coverage last year. Yeah. That's where he excelled at. And it, being it's a passing league, obviously, now, uh, I think they really need to get him. I was super impressed by him. Yep. Some cap casualties. I think John Brown is a casualty. Okay. Eight million. I think Jerry Hughes is a ca- casualty. Seven million. Vernon Butler, another seven million. Lee Smith, two and a half. Mario Addison, 6.2 million. Mm-hmm. Taylor Matakiewicz. 3.4. What I just said there gives me another 25, 26 million cap space. And all of a sudden I'm in the top 15 in the NFL from the spending purpose. Exactly. They have to get rid of those aging pass rushers, both Mary Addison and Jerry Hughes. They're 32, 33 years old. Between both of them, they have less than 10 sacks and they can save a tremendous amount of money. I agree. They have to get rid of those two pass rushers and replace them with younger pass rushers. Awesome. So we do agree there. I'm going to go by the, the position needs. So offense tackle, they need to resign Darrell Williams. Thought, I, do, I do agree with that. I thought he played well. He solves the immediate need. When I think about defensive back or corner specifically, look, you got Tredavious White. You have Levi Wallace. These are solid starters. You got Teron Johnson, who played super well in the nickel for you last year. But I think they can still go big and upgrade over Levi Wallace if they want to, if they free up all that cap. So like William Jackson out of Cincinnati, Shaquille Griffin out of mm-hmm. Seattle. These are big time names that they can go get, but they're the big time names on this year's list. These aren't shut down, locked down corners that are going to command the top of the market. Mm -hmm. So I think their price tags are going to be within reason where they can make that move, but I can just see them being aggressive there. Mm -hmm. When I think of the line interior, I think Kawan Short's a a name that pops out to me. When I think of the edge, I'm thinking like Yannick Ngakwe. A surprise name here for me is J.J. Watt that they might be able to bring in. think he fits the culture, fits what they do, and I think he'd immediately be their best pass rusher. Can I throw one other name in there? I agree with you, Yannick Ngakwe. He actually would be perfect for the Bills scheme, what they run. Uh, He's good for eight to ten sacks a year. He's young. He's 25 years old, but – I don't think Carl Lawson is getting from the, uh, the from the Cincinnati Bengals is getting enough play. He's a really underrated pass rusher, uh, where I think his car- uh, career is on an upward trajectory. So I would look out for that too. That'd be a savvy move because it wouldn't co- cost you so much. It still can upgrade the cor- your cornerback positions and also tackle uh, an edge position as well. So Carl Lawson, I'm really high and really intrigued with him. Yeah, um, the only other position that I have, you know, that I think they will explore is if i'm cutting john brown which could be a surprise 
what other wide receivers. I, I'm actually really high on their wide receiver court. Stefan Diggs, I loved what Gabriel Davis did towards the end of the year. Cole Beasley, you know what you're yeah. getting from him, Mr. Reliable in the slot. Not going to be surprised if they're in the market for a player similar skill set to like a Keenan Cole, potentially a Kendrick Bourne. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I think those are guys that would fit well in that huddle and fit well in that offensive scheme. The last thing I'll talk about is that tight end. Dawson Knox played well for yeah. them, but if there is an opportunity to go spin your wheels a little bit on somebody like Jonu Smith, I, I just think you have to do it to mm -hmm. round out that offense. And let's call it what it is. Josh Allen was in the MVP discussion last year. He personally won me two fantasy football championships, so I, I praise him a little higher just because of that. But all joking aside, it is in my best interest to go get him as many weapons as I possibly of can course, find. Of and, course, And that's how I, I would wrap up the bills, but I want to so, hear from you. Yeah, so the only thing I'm going to add is I agree – you do have to get them as main weapons. They could go a different direction. Listen, I, I can depending on what they want to do in their backfield. Listen, you're saying that you are fine with their running backs. I'm not. Singletary, I don't think, is cutting it. Uh, I do like Zach Moss, but if they want to be more a physical, uh, you know, punishing running team, once again, James Conner could be an option out there. But let's say they they want to continue uh, with their pass happy offense. Players like Kenyon Drake or Le'Veon Bell that. They, well, Le'Veon Bell will pr provide, you know, I, 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 I'm scared to say this, but that senior, that veteran, not leadership, but that veteran presence. And I also think he humbled himself after the last couple of years, too. And now he's just looking to win a championship. So he would humble himself. So Le'Veon Bell and Kenyon Drake would both provide that wrinkle where they can catch the ball out of the backfield, maybe do a little more things with screen passes and what have you. So I think those are some positions. If they don't go to that tight end position, maybe they'll focus on it. It'll be cheaper, not as much competition. And like I said, it can still provide some additional juice to that offense. Yeah, Lou, I actually love the Le'Veon Bell point, right? If he's humbled enough, if he's coming in at the right price tag, I think, my God, a running back that I can hand off Seven even to ten times a game, even the passing game, but line up in the slot, right? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Like if I had him and Beasley kind of crossing over one another, like that's a win all day, in, in my opinion. Yep. Lou, this was fun. Man. Yeah, a lot of fun. So, uh, obviously, we're on this topic for quite some should time. We, should we tease them? What's coming? What, what's yeah, the yeah, next? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm fine with that. Go ahead. All right, we're going to uh, we're going a little north next. We're going. All right. Bundle up, people. We're going to the AFC and NFC North, so make sure you wear your Montclair jackets and you know your your hoodies and what have you. So it's gonna be it's gonna get cold, guys. So that means Packer fans, Bear fans, Steeler fans, Raven fans, Browns. Tune in because we're gonna get into the nitty gritty just like we did here with the NFC and AFC East. Um, Lou. Can't say it enough how much I enjoy sitting here rapping with you. Good times. Good yep, times. Absolutely. As always, uh, you listen to We're Talking Football podcast coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio in Bell Works, uh, at Bell Works Office Plaza in Homedale, New Jersey. And we look forward to chatting with you again next week. Signing off.